A good picture is like a triangle of three basic components, which is a subject, composition, and light. When you interact and when the triangle is perfect in the three uh, corners of uh, subject, composition, and light, uh, the picture shines. This is what I try to transmit when I'm, I, I shoot the building, especially in... This photography podcast is brought to you by Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. Here is your today's host, W. Scott Olsen, with another fascinating conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast from Frames Magazine. My name is Scott Olson, and today, today, folks, we are going off to South America. We haven't been there yet with any of our podcasts, and there is a world of fine photography going on down there. Today, we are especially lucky because we are talking with Jose Andres Bespos, who is to my way of thinking, a really, really inspiring architectural photographer, landscape photographer. This is a guy who does infrared really, really well and is living in a place that I want to go to. Jose, how are you doing down there today? How, how is life in South America? Hello, Scott. Thank you for contacting me and for being interested in my job. I'm living in Punta Re in Puerto Montt now in the northern Patagonia on, on the Chilean side. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a diplomat of Argentina. I uh, applied to my job in 1996, so it's been 25 years since I, I'm a diplomat of Argentina. Always, I don't, I don't think we've talked to a diplomat before, and, and especially someone engaged with the Foreign Service. That oh, is a really, really engaging career, especially for a photographer. Yeah, I think uh, dipl diplomacy and photography are, very, are, 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 are friends or, or brothers. Are hand in hand because <laughs> as I have been working as a diplomat uh, uh, abroad, I have been able to to submit images of, of landscape and architecture of my country to promote uh, my country as a tourist uh, destiny. Mm -hmm. So they work hand in hand. And because a, a, a photography tells a story, you are telling a story of your country or the country you are living in because I also promote the images of landscape or architecture of the country I'm working in, in, the, in this case, mm -hmm. Chile, as I was able to, to submit images of the country I was um, living or visiting, like uh, Toronto, Canada, or United States, a lot of pictures of, especially in New York City. I have photography in New York City many times, especially Chicago as well, uh, Utah, uh, Monument Valley, La Yellowstone, uh, arcs, the delicate art remember to have visited in, in 2007. And of course, in, in Patagonia, where I lived uh, for five years between 2001 and 2006, where I, I had a lot, I have five years to, 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 photo, to photography the southern part of Patagonia. And I'm very happy to be living in the northern part of Patagonia. Patagonia is a very large, large area from the um, parallel. 40 to 55 so it's it's it's, it's a very big region and very and there are a lot of places that are very complicated to, to reach well we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna get to that story the, the, the complicated to get there in, in just a minute but 
I have to admit, I'm, I'm as jealous as a human being can be because there are places on the planet that are just, you know, they're in the heart of photographers. New Zealand would be one of them. Iceland would be one of them, you know, and, and certainly Patagonia is sitting up there, at least on my list as, as yeah. being, you know, I'm going to, before I die, I'm going to get there with a camera in hand and, and I'm going to be grinning just like, you know, a seven-year-old boy. Is it that inspiring? Is it as beautiful as the, the images and everybody thinks it is? Of course. And <laughs> it's, 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 Patagonia offers you more than you can imagine. I've remembered to have seen one of, of the wonderful stories of Art Wolf, Travel to the Edge. He has uh, this uh, trademark. And he, when he visited Patagonia, he made a loop uh, from El Chalten to the Continental Ice Cap to visit uh, the west face of Mount Fitzroy and Cerro Torre, uh, which are located in Argentina and a small part of this area located in Chile. And when he was at, uh, taking the picture of the west side uh, of, of Mount Fitzroy and Cerro Torre with the sunset time, he said he has never seen, and this is Art Wolf speaking, he has never seen such beautiful mountains in the world like Cerro Torre and Fitzroy from the West Face at sunset. I, I I believe that because you know everybody I know who has been there has come back changed. I mean, I mean not only with good images, something in their in their heart and soul has changed by being there. And I personally I can't wait to get there. But you know, be, being a diplomat and living in a beautiful place, you know, th those are two great contributing. Yeah, you know things in, in your history that get, but that doesn't mean you know that that you naturally become a photographer. How did you get started no. in photography? What, wh when did you first start picking up a camera? I always, uh, I was, I was always fond of photography from the, my very beginning when when I was a child. But uh, and that, at that time, I didn't have money to to buy a camera. But I, mm -hmm. I bought a lot of books <laughs> to study <laughs> photography and yeah, and to borrow cameras and to <laughs> and to take my. To, to make my first steps on photography. And then when I was uh, in my teens years, I bought a camera, tried to, to figure out how it works, then go, go outside to take some pictures and to learn. On the beginning, I started to take pictures of landscape. Architecture mm -hmm. came later. I tried to always pay attention to composition and to the rules of uh, photography just to, to grasp how photography works, how photography matters the image, how the cameras, how the camera looks at the picture, because it looks different like a human being, a uh, human eye, yeah. and how to react to, to the problems uh, and to learn. So I was very eager, a student, to learn all the odds and ends of photography and to, to make all this second nature. Uh, because when and, you are out and take a picture, you don't have time to, to try to remember things. No, no, you don't. You you are completely self-taught then. You, you have not yes. taken workshops and classes and you're just, you know, looking at the other people and figuring out how they did it. I, I, I am a self-taught photographer, so I haven't been to an university to study photography. I'm, I'm a lawyer as, huh? and mm -hmm. then as a diplomat. I, I, stud I studied for these two degrees. But photography, I was trying to uh, to study for my own in my spare time, like a hobby that all started uh, as a hobby activity, uh, buying a lot of books. And then, of course, I 
took some courses, especially in dark room, in the in the wet uh, dark room area. Right. right. Yeah, in the 19s and the early uh, 2000 years, I remember to have um, taken some cor- courses to how to grasp the the film. Um, the uh, developing um, mm-hmm. and then the, the print. Mm? I remember to have uh, read uh, Ansel Adams books as, uh, like for inspiration, uh, especially the print, which was w- one of the most yep. fascinating books of Ansel Adams. Mm? And he said, a photographer is not the photographer until he prints his own job. So that's why I started to, to learn the, the, the dark room and, and to take courses in, in dark room. So I'm very happy to have been in, in developing my own films for 15 years from the, the starting of 1990 to 2005 when I bought my first digital camera, which was a Nikon D70. And then I stopped shooting film. I always, uh, I was always uh, shooting two bodies, not the second body for for backup, but one with slides and the other with a black and white film. Did 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 you did you notice a difference in your technique between the two? Were you composing differently for slides or film? No, the difference was like a, a slide was less tolerant in in dynamic range. Than film, uh-huh. so I was. I had to be more careful in and um, using my graduated uh, neutral density filters more with slide than with the black and white, because uh, when black and white, because I was I was developing my own my own films, I was able to compensate in the in in the process of developing, for instance. To give more or less development according to how I expose the film. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about some of your images now, and let's talk about the architectural work first. It's really easy to do architectural photography badly. Um, yes. You know, it, 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 a, a good-looking building does not necessarily mean you, you've got a good-looking image. Yeah. Um, and yet, you've developed a recognizable style. A lot of your images are at night. A lot of your images are wide-angle. Tell me about you, how you see your work as at least for this part, an architectural photographer. Okay. When I was uh, trying to, to learn photography and to invest in professional equipment, I came across the tilt-shift lenses and I, uh, I started to, to learn how to what the tilt-shift lens is and what it does and what are the benefits of shooting uh, manual, manually with this uh, kind of stuff. And then I found that one of the, the most uh, outstanding uh, uses of tilt shift is for architecture. So I said, hmm, that's interesting because I bought my first tilt shift lenses for applying for landscape usage. But then I started to see that uh, that, that lens would shine if I started to shoot uh, architecture. And uh, given that in, in my job, I, was, I had to come back to Buenos Aires uh, once I was transferred for five years to a, to a location abroad, I see, okay, let's start doing architecture photography of Buenos Aires to promote Buenos Aires and my, the architecture of Argentina to promote as a tourist activities and then use it for any architecture in the world. 
So um, and I found and I found in love with my, my tilt shift lenses, which are very difficult to grasp. They are not easy easy lenses to 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 learn and to and and to understand how uh, how, how they work. All this happens in like in ten years when I I, I had my, my time and money to buy my forty shield lenses, which are very expensive lenses, by the way. Hmm? I started with the twenty four millimeters, then I bought my the, my eighty five. The third lens was the forty five, and the last one was the nineteen uh, f four. All made by Nikon, which are very especially the last one is in nine, the nineteen millimeters f4 which is a very outstanding lens tell me tell me about the aesthetics though what, what are you what are you going for with these pictures because they're beautiful pictures but it, 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 it there's a real mood that i think is consistent here yeah i i try to i try to tell a story of the architecture so what i do is i look for a building i try to to visit the building uh, and try to enter go in and out and uh, to study uh, how the building is, the, the the contour, the shape, and and then try to to see which which is the best light that I can take the picture of the building. When I study the building and, and say, okay, this is the way I'm going to 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 do the picture. I go, I I I, I come back with my, my my equipment. I set up a tripod and I start shooting. There are no uh, specific rules, but the, it depends on the building and depends on the shape of the building and, and especially the light that the building is uh, receiving. Basically, I try to shoot at, uh, at uh, dusk or twilight because it is the best, the best time for shooting a building. But not necessarily you can, you can do that because there are times when the building, you cannot get at a twilight or it is uh, closed or or prohibited by police policemen especially when you are putting a tripod which is very difficult to, to use especially in United States when you when you put a tripod on the floor the uh, policeman gets like in 30 seconds and says hey man you cannot put tripod you cannot shoot <laughs> oh man um you know you say, you say twilight or, or late afternoon, but a lot of your shots are at night. Um, yes. You know, it's shining on the buildings. Is there something special about night and architecture that calls I to you? I think so, because at night, because of the how lights are getting, uh, lights of lamps or post lamps uh, or lights inside the building, lights reflecting behind a wall or uh, windows, the, these lights are adding uh, like a special mood to the picture, and especially if the if the sky is dark, you are darkening the, uh, the the background and shining the foreground where the building is situated. Yep. So yep. you uh, at night you you can get this separation from the from the foreground where the, where the building is located and the background which is the sky, and you get more attention to the, the foreground where you are photo, ph photographing. Um, but on the other hand, uh, I also shoot infrared. And when I shoot infrared uh, for architecture, I do it during daytime. Why? Let's take just a quick break. 
we hope very much that you are enjoying today's episode. The very fact that you are listening to this podcast suggests that photography means a lot to you. And if that's the case, you might want to have a look at Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. We truly believe that excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit readframes.com to find out more about our publication. And now, back to today's conversation. Well, we're, we're going to get to the infrared in just a second. But there, there's one thing I want to tell everybody, you know, as you're listening, you got to go to the Frames Facebook page and you got to type in Jose's name and, and look at these images. And, and the spelling here, everyone, is J-O-S-E, then Andres, A-N-D-R-E-S, and then Baspus, B-A-S-B-U-S. The, these images are just absolutely stellar. Jose, one more question about the architecture. You know, a lot of photographers go for ruins. They go for dilapidated buildings, you know, uh, you know things, or, or they've got a kind of ironic, you know, may, maybe a, a nostalgic sense to me. The, the mood I get from your pictures is that you are proud of these places. I mean, all over the world, that this is just full on, look at how beautiful they are. And, and there's a real sense of inspiration too, which, you know, may come out of your work as, as a diplomat. Um, oh, thank you. How, how, what mood do you want me to take away from your architectural work? I always try to to shoot uh, to shoot and to show the best of the subject I am photographing. Mm-hmm. If it is a building, I try to to make the the, the most beautiful picture of, of the of that building that that is possible to take. That's why I study the building uh, beforehand and I studied the light. At times there, there is no time to do that. For instance, when you are traveling or you are doing tourism, you don't have time to, to do this study. But when I, when you see a picture that, 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 that calls your attention, it's because I, I was able to, to do this study before taking the picture. A good picture is like a triangle of three basic components, which is a subject, composition and light. When you interact and when the triangle is perfect in the three uh, corners of uh, subject, composition and light, uh, the picture shines. This is what I try to transmit when I I shoot a building, especially in Buenos Aires where where I lived for many years. So I took advantage of living in an area where I came back to the subject to come back again and again and to repeat the photograph if I'm not convinced or if I don't like it, at times there is sub, there, there is a subtle difference between what you get and what you wanted to, to get. Given that facility, when you, you have time to come back to an area, then you repeat the picture if it's, there is something that you don't like it. For instance, that could be the sky. I try to, if I can, I try to um, photograph the architecture buildings under a um, very stormy sky, if possible, because I can take advantage of clouds and cloud, clouds movement to, to give more emphasis and to make contrast to a, sta- a static building. So if possible, when possible, I should... Uh, under bad weather. Mm? <laughs> I, I would love to be at your house when a storm's coming through and, you know, and it's, wait, wait, I have to get my camera. I have to go around. In addition to all of that, you then have this tremendous landscape work. Tell me a story about heading out to the mountains. Tell me a story about th- these beautiful, beautiful landscapes. 
Okay, um, uh, my my first uh, subject in photography landscape in photography issue was landscape because mm-hmm. I'm sort of a wide angle shooter, so I try to to maximize depth of field uh, and to place uh, an interesting in, in subject in the foreground and and lead the viewer to a mid uh, way, especially if the way, if the path is winding uh, or, or an S with an S curve until you, you find, uh, find in the foreground, in the, excuse me, in the background, uh, and l- like could be a, a mountain, a reflection of the lake, a glacier, could be a river or a cascade or whatever. So I, I was very interesting from the very beginning on these uh, nature uh, beauties. And um, I, st- I, st- I studied a landscape shooting buying the books of uh, John Joe, which is an American Nikon shooter, very famous. He, he's um, a guy of, uh, of a, he was shooting many years with slides. I think now he shoots digitally. But in the 90s, I, I, I bought the three books he, he, he has written for landscape shoot, uh, shooting. And I, I was inspired by his uh, work of art. Then in another inspiring was uh, Galen Rowell. His all um, books, his entire, uh, mm-hmm. th- there is a book with a compilation when he died. Uh, he has all his very outstanding job. And I like this type of shooting, the, the, especially the photography that's related to mountains or to mountain trekkings. Given that, uh, even though I am not a, a mountaineer, I'm a trekker, regular trekker, I am not like Galen Rowell was. He was a mountaineer. He was, he was a professional mountaineer and a professional photographer. Uh, I wish I had this. <laughs> I, I wish I had studied mountaineer activity when I was a, a boy, but it, it didn't happen. But anyway, I tried to to find my way in the mountains, try to explore and um, to, inter- to to get to into uh, and knowing to to get to know some people who lives there, uh, people li- who who lives there and they have the experience to guide to to be like a guide to to take you to that places so that you can make the most of the of the bis- of the area you are visiting. How how do you tell a guide to take you someplace beautiful? I mean, I, I can say, you know, take me to a town, take me to... But how do you say, I'm a photographer, I, I show me something that, that thrills your heart? No, basically what I do, I study the, the landscape beforehand by looking on the internet, uh, YouTube videos or uh, location places, uh, like, for instance, the... Parque Nacional Los Glaciares, the uh, Mount Fitzroy and Cerro Torre area, or Parque Nacional Torre del Paine in Chile. Very, very, there are locations very well known in the world. So you have thousands of, of pictures and videos and whatever, um, or books. And then when I know what I want to photograph, I go to the area. I, If so, I try to, to meet people that live in there and then to start communicating with the people and try to to find uh, uh, companies or guides to hire to take me to that area because the problem is, is sometimes related to how to get to the area and then 
do the, the photography. The photography comes later. The problem is, especially when you are going to to very close to Mount Fitzroy or Cerro Torre, especially if you go to the continental ice field, you need guides. And you need to prepare for yourself to train, how to climb, uh, how to walk, how, how to backpack and climb with a backpack that is 20 kilo in your, in your, in your back. And then how to, to climb stones and to walk uh, through stones that are, or boulders. There is a lot of stuff to, to, to train yourself before venturing to that places. And this is key to, to a successful photography trip. Photography comes later. And especially what happens in that, in those places, there is a lot of unexpected. You have to, to face the unexpected. And that's part of the beauty because Patagonia is always a, a, a meeting with the unexpected. What happens, especially you can, you can get a change of weather. And, but now, uh, thanks to applications like WindGuru and other applications that, 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 that are very related to WindGuru, you can forecast uh, the weather for four and five days ahead of time. So now it's much easier than it was 20 or 25 years ago when you didn't have all these, uh, you didn't have cell phones or all these uh, facilities that you have now. If I could do it 20, 25 years ago, now with the help of a cell phone and all these applications, now it's m- much easier to come to come to that places and to visit and to get good pictures. So there's no excuse for you <laughs> and all the people who are listening to this to this podcast to venture to Patagonia if they have never been to. Hmm? Oh man. One of your pictures just won a, a nifty little award. The Artsy Lens um, f- Group uh, and DP Review gave you best of the month for a, a lovely, lovely picture. Everybody, you can see it on, on the Frames Magazine Facebook page. Tell me the story of this image. Tell me the story of taking this picture. Okay, um, this is uh, the view of the of the Mount Fitzroy and Cerro Torre from the from the route, uh, like um, sixty or seventy kilometers before reaching the El Chalten, which is a tourist village in, at, at, at the foot of the Cordillera, no? in the southern, southern Patagonia, in the southern Andes Patagonia. When you are there, when you are reaching, uh, you have to take a flight to, to El Calafate from Buenos Aires, and then you take a bus or a car uh, from, from Calafate to El Chalten, which is a, in, it's a three, three hours time in a, in a car or two and a half hour. This now is a paved road. Uh, when I started going there in, in, in the early 90s, it was uh, unpaved. So it, it took like five or six hours to reach. Now you get to in, in, in half of that time. But when you are reaching, when you are very close, when you are 100 kilometers to El Chalten and you're surrounding the Lake Vietma, which is the northern, northwest uh, lake, of the province of Santa Cruz, you see all these, you see all these mountains in the back and you say, oh man, that's incredible. It's difficult to, to, to transmit the feeling, but the feeling you feel because it's like uh, you, you are struck by the beauty of these two mountains. So, and especially if, if you, when you're reaching there, if wind blows like that, from the, the, that happened on that picture, the, the wind was blowing too much, you 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 are like a, like a being haunted. 
<laughs> by by ghost because you 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 try to put your tripod and you had you have to to put your your camera and a big lens on the ball head and the wind is blowing so hard that almost is very <laughs> almost impossible or very difficult to to put the try to put the lens and onto the ball head so but that's part of the beauty of the unexpected of Patagonia so what I do I, I hang a, a bag of, of stones hang in the in the, in the column center of the tripod <laughs> to give more stability <laughs> and <laughs> and I put my infrared red filter to take the picture. Why? Because uh, it was uh, almost uh, noon and it was very contrasty. Uh, sand was uh, open uh, open sky with the big sun at, at, my, at my back. So when you're taking picture of, at that time of the day, a regular, a regular picture is like boring because to get most of the of the of the light, you have to to be there before sunrises, during sunrises, and maybe a couple of minutes after sunrise, and then again before sunset, during sunset, and half a and half an hour after sunset. But during the rest of the day, taking picture with with, with normal view, norm, normal light is boring. That's why I I started to to get the most of the day and shoot during the bad time with infrared because when you you shoot infrared, what you get is a, a very dark sky, a very white cloud and a very white foliage. And you mm-hmm. get a very white, a very contrasty black and white. You can play uh, with shadows, then it, that, that comes with experience. You now after shooting infrared for a long time, you grasp the idea how to to compose the subject, to use the light to your favor, and to how to place the shadows. And another point of um, view, which is interesting to to to, to tell, is that uh, infrared light works um, very well with with, with backlight. Backlight is uh, a very difficult type of photography because because of the type of light, which is very harsh. But with infrared, is very appropriate to shoot backlight. So this is a, this is a something that as I learned by by studying a lot of infrared light. I started taking infrared light in 2005, so it took me lo- a long time to study. Infrared light, how the infrared light works. I studied the the work of uh, infrared uh, photographers in the world. There are many good photographers out there, yep. especially with uh, very very good uh, websites. I started to 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 study their their style as of 2005 onwards. So it's been 16 years. So. Now I can say that I, I grasped the idea how to shoot infrared and to get the most of infrared. So it it, it comes like, like a second nature for me. So when I was going to El Chalten to respond to your question, when I saw this big landscape, he said, hey, stop, stop. I said, the driver, stop. I'm going to take a picture. And the driver said, you're crazy. It's a lot of wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, this no, is nothing that a bag of rocks won't hold down. Yeah. <laughs> 
you, you, you are into some kinds of photography that a lot of people don't do. I mean, tilt shift lenses, infrared, this kind of stuff. And you've got those marvelous 360 degree images you yes. know, on, on the web page as well. Do, do you find yourself just not inspired or interested in, you know, street photography or, you know, plain old 35 millimeter documentary stuff? Very good questions. Um, street photography is something very interesting, but I I have to confess that I'm a little bit shy when photographing people because when you photograph people, people take a look and say, "What are you doing, man?" <laughs> so there are times you have when you have to explain what you are doing, and uh, I'm a little bit shy of of this kind of interaction with people. So what I found through my experience was when I was out there taking pictures, especially, especially panoramic pictures, because panorama is a, is a picture where it takes time, for, in, for instance, to do a 360 degree panorama, a mini planet panorama, which you have seen. Um, this picture, it, it takes me not less than 40 minutes. It, it, it can take me like one hour. Wow. And in these 40 minutes or between 40 and one hour, there is a lot of stuff going in between. A lot of people coming and coming and going, people that comes to take a look at what I'm doing. And what I do is I take advantage of this interest, interest of the people and take a picture without them being noticing that I'm taking pictures. And what I do then, I... Because I have like a hundred of pictures, it's like a big teaser, and I have the pictures to make the big composition, to create the panorama. What I can do then in post is to restore one or two or maybe half of 10 people that was out there, coming in there and to be part of my composition. So it's like like restoring people of... of a composition took place in, in an hour. Hmm? That, that, I've never thought of that. That is really fascinating. And, and by the way, Jose, I think you are the first diplomat I've ever known who said they're shy. So just, just so you... <laughs> shy uh, in, this, in this sort of uh, interaction. <laughs> Very limited. I, I love it. So t- tell me what you're working on now. Well, shooting Patagonia because I, I I chose to come back to Patagonia. My, my first post was Patagonia, and this is I don't know if this is my last post in uh, in foreign countries as a, after twenty five years, but that could be I don't know. But I decided at this stage of my of my career and and my to come back to Patagonia and to to travel to all Patagonia, Northern Patagonia and Southern Patagonia. And of course, come back to Southern Patagonia from Argentina and Chile and to photograph. That's in my wish list. I will um, expect to, to come back to, and to all these places and to, to, and to explore new places because Patagonia, after living for five years in Patagonia, I, I, I knew and, and, I realized that it's so big that it's, it's like going to Canada. You never, you, you never finished. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it, it's I, I I envy you that project, and and I, I I'm a fan of your work. I'm going to look forward to everything you've got coming out because it's a beautiful region. And like I said, you you are oh. doing some so remarkable work. You are invited to come. You are invited to come to visit me and to and to make a job <laughs> and to make a trip together. Why not? That huh? would be fantastic. Okay, yeah. I will take you up on that someday. Uh. This is another beauty. This is another beauty of, of photography because you meet people and you get to know people. And you're making friends. That's right. Absolutely. Well, sir, thank you very much. This this has been fascinating. And everybody, you got to go look at this guy's work. Jose's work is really wonderful. So thank you very much, sir. Okay. So the invitation is well is already issued. <laughs> <laughs> it's a date. We'll do it. Okay. Bye bye. Frames, because excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit us at www.readframes.com. <laughs>